Angel investing is a concept that has been popular in the US for years and is now growing in popularity in Australia. Also known as private investors or seed investors, angel investors often invest in the entrepreneur starting a business rather than the viability of the business. Trevor Folsom is one of the partners with Angel Investors Investable. Their programs are deliberately gruelling, designed to expose a startup's weaknesses and determine which ideas and products are scalable, resistant to market threats and readily commercialised. Alan Kohler invited Trevor into the spotlight to learn more about the world of angel investing. He began by asking Trevor to define what an angel investor is. Yeah, an angel investor, in my sense, um, I'm usually presented as somebody that's come from being a founder themselves of a of a startup many years ago, but and various startups through that journey, and and was fortunate enough to go through the um, the challenges and battles of going out of you know startup land into growth, and then eventually into an exit, and through that um, process developed a lot of knowledge, experience, not only how to start and grow a business, but eventually how to exit. So my new venture is actually helping others go through that same journey. So I guess classified as an angel is is about putting, investing money, but investing time, uh, resources and you know other efforts through that process. So an angel investor is not just a supplier of money. That's how you're defining it. Somebody who invests in a business, but then also gets involved in helping them. Yeah, that's my definition. I'm, I'm sure there's other classifications of it, but typically um, investable in our network of investors have all got more to add than just purely capital. Tell us about how you identify a good prospect. There's a lot of interest in this space now, more, more than ever, and I've been investing now for eight years and it just seems to be ever-growing. Everybody's either got an idea has started a business or, you know, has, in, has intentions and, and, you know, a lot more the classic startup tends to be labelled as a, you know, young 20 to maybe early 30s, um, but we now finding, you know, corporate types stepping out and, and starting their first business. It's not easy to find people that have got a, an idea. It's actually hard to find the right person. And so a lot of our sourcing is done on the actual individual. We believe Certainly, the early stage of a business, it's um, it's about the founders. Um, if you can find out and get enough insights into them, and have a methodology which we have developed on how to identify the you know the right founding team um, or the individual founder, and that then go through the process of assessing their business ideas. So, to what extent is success based on the quality of the idea and the quality of the execution? Early on, it has to be about the execution. There are heavier weights. You know, we don't yet have the perfect algorithm to define the percentage. But if I was, you know, it, it, it's a lot stronger emphasis when they're um, certainly before they've started or in their in their very early days, and they've only got the first few customers. It's all about the execution. The business will change. Um, the idea will change or, or vary, um, and customers will, will, will define how that business ends up being um, developed and grown. It could be a very different business to what the founder originally pitched. So it's about the execution in those early days. Obviously, later on down the track, and as you, you know, attract more capital, um, there's a lot more uh, key points and, and data available to determine whether it's the idea that's going to make that business successful and, you know, to 
um, bringing on new people, um, you know, is is a lesser of a measure than than the actual business model itself. Give us an idea of the list of checkboxes that you go through when assessing whether the founder's going to succeed. It's pretty hard in this short time frame, but they're you know they're grouped typically around um, the founder's experience, their knowledge of the problem they're solving or the opportunity that they're creating with their business. Um, that's a in key important part. Um, you know, in the past, there's been a lot of, um, and, and some great success stories of just technical founders that have built something to solve a perceived problem or opportunity. But this day, we really look for, for that attachment to the problem. We also look to and get some insights into what the founder is able to be achieved to date. You know, what's their evidence that there is a market? Have they gone out there and sold? And, and a lot of the times, businesses and founders will present their technology or their application or their idea, but we really want to get inside, of, you know, how is their marketing and their, their knowledge and um, their interest in real sales? And ultimately, a business, to get through that early stage, is going to need to bring customers on and to sell. And if they're selling in enterprise, have they got the experience or have they been able to attract a team of people that can really help get those early days from an idea into um, a sellable product. Take us through the process of investigating and assessing a business, whether to put some money into it. Do the entrepreneurs come in and pitch like on Shark Tank or is there something else going on? Yeah, look, we do get regularly referred to Shark Tank. I guess that's part of the process. There's a combination of ways that people come into us. I get everything from you know LinkedIn approaches. Uh, we run pitch events and we run programs and short-form educational workshops and so forth just to really get access into the ecosystem to be known. Um, But a lot of the time, the the ones that we find that fast-track through come referred. They come referred by either our our network of investors. They come referred from our existing portfolio of um, founders. We find they're a very good source of identifying other talented individuals. A lot of the times, you know, you find... As investors, you've got to be really out there and get in, in amongst because, you know, the, the best ideas and the best founders tend to be, you know, working away at their business and not necessarily um, out there in these pitch events or the Shark Tank style. But definitely there is a pitch and it usually starts with a meeting and it could be in our model, it could be with many of our, you know, 50 partners and investors we have that uh, might source those. And then if they are evaluated someone that we want to put into the investment process, then um, we have a tool called Fingerprint for Success, which is a a 40-point questionnaire that helps us to um, add some extra insights into the founder and their specific motivation and and attitudes. And that's a good tool for us to look at when we're helping assess. And then there's a, a series of meetings. So the Shark Tank component does come a little bit it's certainly not an exercise that we're trying to um, create any entertainment value out of and, and so forth. So, What's your average investment size? We tend to invest in those earliest, earlier rounds. So we look for around that 200 to sort of 500k um, investment parcel and that would be in around an early round is usually either around 500 to say $2 million in those early rounds. And then we have the capacity and we tend to ask for follow-on rights to continue to invest through that process. Do you typically insist on being the only investor in the first round? 
No, not at all. I mean, a lot of the times we, you know, we don't have to lead. We get asked to lead a lot of the times because of our experience in in this space. This is not about um, taking a controlling interest or anything. And our very nature of our model is with our, our networking club um, that we prefer to see enough variety in the cap table, but also we want to see the right type of investor around the the founder as well, both that can add value and those that maybe adding value down the track with larger checks once the business has proven itself. And do you typically or usually ask for a seat on the board? It's not guaranteed. It depends on what's the the board structure at the time. If it's a a slightly later stage round, if we we feel we can add value or someone in our network can, then we would present that. But we don't always put that into our term sheet demands. But, you know, often if we are leading, that's a given. And so I'd probably say at least... 50 to 75% of the time of those early rounds, we tend to be either an observer on the board or, or having a board seat. And what's the typical term of your investment? What sort of time frame are you looking for until exit? Yeah, this is the challenging space for certainly a lot of investors in in Australia, which tend to want to look for you know, early liquidity. At the moment, you know, we have to take a, a five to 10-year horizon or, or look at these deals. Um but more often than not, as early investors, there is other options to get earlier liquidity, whether it's you know, a later VC round coming in and wanting to um, take a bigger capital or equity stake may then create um, us early investors to get out in you know, that three to five years. So it's, you're sort of looking at that minimum three, but somewhere up to that seven to 10 years horizon. Um, our club model down the track has the capacity to actually create a second market amongst our members. You know, as our portfolio grows, and we'll give the opportunity for some of our investors who want to look at a shorter horizon or earlier liquidity opportunities, that's the benefits of a, a club model like ours. How many investments have you got at the moment? Well, personally, I'm um, directly invested in over 60, 65 as of last month. We just put our last batch through. Our club... Formally is now at 23 over the last 15 months we've invested in. And I'm also an investor in a number of funds. So if you added their portfolios, I'm well over the 100 investments, you know, exposure to relatively early stage businesses. How do you keep a handle on all that? That's um, that's massive. Yes. <laughs> well, that was the problem I faced with after about three or four years. As soon as I got to over 20, you know, my time was, was thinned out and I was fortunate enough to, you know, set some parameters in around monthly and quarterly updating. We've had to, you know, build a system to allow us to do that. So, you know, much like or not quite the in-depth analysis that the ASX provides their shareholders, but we have a you know, a tier one version of that where we can keep updated from our uh, portfolio companies, share those updates amongst our investor members and, and keep track of, of how they're going. We also run um, mastermind groups for our founders, so bringing them in um, on a quarterly basis to work together to leverage each other's uh, knowledge base as well as giving us further opportunity to um, connect with them. So you've got to build processes and that's what our club model allows us to do, not only... You're talking about having 65 or 100 investments personally, right? I mean, you've got to learn to say no. (laughs) Yes. The portfolio approach is how this able to achieve success. A lot of angels, um, including myself at the start, tended to wanted to think that, you know, finding those 
two or three super uh, investment opportunities was the way to success in this. It's not. Um, and I quickly learned building a portfolio with smaller amounts connected with other investors that can either add value or, or develop is the, the model. So unfortunately, the, the huge amounts of returns that can come out of this have got to come at a um, portfolio spread. They say one in 10 is what's going to be this, you know huge success. So you, know, you need to have more than 10 in your portfolio to make that. So systems that we've created to allow us to you know, bring on now, um, and a lot of our members are, are over that 20 and 30 businesses that they've invested in to allow them to, to find those you know, two, three, or hopefully a, a few more that are going to be um, large returns, you know, that 20 to 60x returns. Is that right, that one in 10? That's what everyone's predictors. Is it true, though? You would know. Is that right? We're still in the in the process of it. I've, you know, of my sixty, I've only had four that have failed, um, and two of those are still operating, but classified as they're just surviving. I'm well over six of the sixty that have gone and created some sort of liquidity for us to to do that. So, I think one in ten is about the mark you have to expect. I think that's the huge success. It doesn't mean that the other nine are all failures. You will have some failures in, in that, out of that nine, but it's about trying to pick the right founders that can get a return, whether it's you know get your money back in a portion of them, double or triple your returns, and, and obviously looking for that one to two out of ten that are going to give that you know, much larger returns that across the portfolio increases your um, IRRs. So do you measure your average returns either personally or in the club? And if so, what are they? Yeah, look, my last update, and I've had a couple others that have come back with either you know, a valuation increase or a um, partial sell-down, but the last report for me was you know, 53% IRR on my personal portfolio tracking. Over what period? That's been over um, seven years from the first investment. Some of those investments obviously are at the later stage, so they're, they're early, and we only measure valuation increases on when there's been a capital raise at a, and a set valuation or a um, an exit or partial return. So you don't do valuations that aren't based on liquidity events? Yes, we do. Yes, so they're based on either a liquidity or on a um, you know a new valuation capital raise. So somebody's got to have put money in at that new valuation. Yeah. And so what's the what's the return that the club's getting? Well, the club's only 15 months in. Fortunately, we haven't had any failures, but we haven't also had any um, you know, increases just yet. There's a number of the um, deals we go into earlier, a very early stage in convertible notes, so some valuations haven't been set yet, and others are um, there. So we probably start to see the returns in the next 12 months or the valuation um, changes and, and any indication of the returns in 12 more months. But 53% for your own portfolio is pretty fancy, really. Well, that's what allows me to keep doing what I'm doing. And without that, there's no doubt. And without a few of the businesses that have created the returns, I probably wouldn't be still in this, turning this, what was a hobby, an interest area now into a full-blown business. So you're right. And that's the nature of it. It's a high-risk end. I've learnt that, you know, I'm full-time into this now and I'm creating a career for myself and others to do this. Um, but without those successes, yes, I'll, it would have just stayed a hobby and, and probably would be another example of a, you know, an angel investor that had a bit of a go but didn't necessarily get the confidence to continue. 
Talk to us a bit about how you feel about the risk-reward. I mean, obviously, the reward is fantastic, but the risks in angel investing are obviously elevated, but also the effort is too. Presumably, it's much more difficult, much more labour-intensive to invest that way and more risky to invest that way uh, than simply investing on the stock market. Yes. Well, you know, I'm fortunate because this is a full-time career for me now. When I first started, it was um, also... I was spending most of my time, although I was, you know, I didn't have any other businesses to work in. So it was, even as a, as a hobby, it was I was able to put a lot of effort in to learn how to do this. The risk for time, if you, you know, as I say, we, and we've got a number of members in our club that are interested in the space, don't have that time, and so that's where we work with them. But if you're not prepared to commit to building a portfolio, it's going to be very, that's where the risk increases. Um, with five deals on that one to 10 ratio, it suggests that it's more of a punt and a gamble than it is a um, investment strategy. And likewise, you know, it's got to be relative to the return. So, you know, I don't encourage anybody. I mean, my own personal view is I was comfortable with 5% of my allocation of, of um, wealth into this space. It has increased, you know, closer to 10 on on the numbers, but that's relative to the, the risk that um, we're taking. So are you saying that the 100 or so investments that you've made represent 10% of your wealth? That's around about the mark. So I, I allocate a certain amount each year to this space, just like I do in, on the stock market and, and in other property and asset classes. Where have you got the other 90%? My allocation, like other investment portfolios, spread across some properties, some um, other stocks, and in private equity businesses. Most of your investing is what you might call fairly traditional. Yeah, I have professionals that manage that side of my office and this part is the part that I manage. And is the Investable Club, Investables Club, still taking new members? You've got 50 now. Are you open to people coming in? Yeah, we typically look for entrepreneurs that have maybe sold out their business and are looking to come in just like I did, you know, seven years ago. Um, but we have family offices that are wanting to to um, explore and, and start to invest in this space that maybe traditionally they were, you know, having much stronger allocations in other areas. And as I said, you know, we've got VC funds under private account that come in. So we do, we look for a geographical spread as well because we need to get access to deals across the country and across international borders as well. So we're now in the process of opening up memberships in, in other parts of the world. We've done our first deal out of Poland, just this year, we've got people in through Southeast Asia now coming on board and obviously the US and UK. And you know, there's room for more um, investors out of Australia to um, come on board and start participating inside our club with their, a portfolio approach that we present them, but they are able to um, select their own allocation of what they want to participate in. What sort of minimum investment uh, would you be looking for? Most of our club members are looking to allocate twenty five to 50000 into each of the, the businesses we present, and that's sort of around the mark. We do obviously have others that like to, you know, if they've got a, a particular interest or, or ability to impact a business, we'll look to put a little bit more than that, and that way we, by nature, is we're spreading the the capital that we invest in, but also the, the skills base and, and hopefully the ability to add value to those businesses. But are you saying that, you, that somebody could come into your club with just 25000 or $50,000? Would they need to have... Typically not. Typically looking to most of our members are you know, they're allocating 
larger amounts than that, maybe over you know five to ten of those deals a year. So somewhere in that vicinity of two hundred thousand plus per annum. It doesn't mean that they will renew every year and, and continue. But you know, again, if our club is is very suitable if you believe in building a portfolio approach. If you're more confident or feel that you know picking the one or two is is the way, then you know going direct, setting up some a team of people like I've done is is probably the approach. We're we're a portfolio builder. We work together and we spread the um, the capital across our members and we spread the uh, the time and effort that we put in, not only in the businesses but in the due diligence process, in the identifying um, the founders and, you know, in, in helping them grow. Alan Kohler was speaking to Trevor Folsom of Investable.